Welcome to QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. This is May. And I'm Joy. For more information about our podcast, monthly newsletter, or author resource series, visit us at QWERTYWritingLife.com. That's QWERTY, spelled Q-W-E-R-T-Y. It's the first six letters on your keyboard. So, are you ready? Grab your tea. Or your coffee. And let's chat. Hello, everyone. It's another week. Hello and welcome. Today, we will be talking about, well, we don't really have a title for this. Um, <laughs> yeah, we didn't think that one through. <laughs> I did not really do that. Whoops. <laughs> but we did. Okay. Today, we're going to be talking about uh our observations on Joy and Mai's workshop that we've been doing about a project that we're going to pick. So we explained at the last episode of season three what we were going to be doing this season. Maybe we should recap that just a smidge. Would you like to do that, Joy? (laughs) That sounds good. So if you guys remember, we ended season three letting you know that we decided to make some changes for season four. So by the way, welcome to season four. Here we are. (laughs) So in season four, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be working through some projects and our episodes are actually going to be bringing you guys along for the ride letting you know what we're working on in our work sessions, what projects we're doing, how the work is going, what we're learning along the way, what we're observing along the way. And so that's kind of how our episodes are going to be. And this is going to be the first one. That's right. So today is Friday, July 15th. And Joy and I have been meeting, oh gosh, has it been two or three meetings Um, Long meetings. Actually, yes, long meetings. This is technically our fourth. Recording this for you guys is technically our fourth work session. That's right. That's right. So we will give you the lowdown on what we did and also our observation students. But first, our creative weeks, because that's what we do here on the Gordy Writing Life podcast. Joy, what did you do? So this past week has taken a little bit of a turn. Um, I had hoped to do more writing which seems like that always ends up getting put on the back burner. But what I'll share with you guys about my creative week is something that I hope is going to eventually help with that. And that is something that I learned from Alexander Torre, who is a an author. She had a workshop for other authors about, uh, it was really supposed to be about marketing, um, yeah, market, new ways to market your book, which she did talk about. But my takeaway, <laughs> the big thing that I latched onto was talking about having a time log, like kind of, well, honestly, I don't know if she even brought up the idea of a time log, but she talked about, you know, she asked us, how much time do you spend on your author business? And then she asked what percentage of that is on writing. And I realized that I couldn't give an exact answer. I didn't know for sure for either of those. I had a, I have a roundabout guess, but I, the one thing I did know was my percentage has got to be under 20%. Um, on the writing, which really, really stinks. Like if you are a creative, that's what you want to be doing, right? But we have all of these other things that have to get done if we're trying to make it a business and and all of that. So I decided that I wanted to be sure of my numbers because what Alessandra gave us were some tools to help us figure out what things on our list could maybe be gotten rid of. 
so that the goal is instead of having this much writing time, our pie chart is going to be this much right. writing. Yeah. So just basically that flipping that. for those who are just listening in audio. Like, yes. Sorry. It's like a sliver to a pie pie piece. Yes. <laughs> like taking it from like only having a little teensy tiny piece that's just, you know what? Nobody wants a teensy tiny piece of pie mm-hmm. to almost the whole thing. So. Okay. I have a question. This mm-hmm. is the first time I've heard this, by the way. So this sounds yeah. really interesting. Um, my question is, are you including your editing time in your writing time? Like, Oh yeah. So, and it was funny because I think somebody actually asked that and I don't think she ever gave an answer to it because you know how at the end of a, of a webinar, there's tons of questions pouring in. And of course, they're not going to be able to answer all of them. Um, but it got me thinking about that. And I think for me, I think that that would have to be included because to me, writing includes anything that is put to the publication of or the let me say it this way, to the completion of one of my writing projects, whether it's a short story or a book or whatever. So writing, Mm -hmm. revising, editing, um, read-throughs even, I think I would count for that Mm -hmm. um, because I do at least a couple of just sit and read-throughs and that's part of my process. So to me, I think that's how I would look at that. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Um, if I was, and I was going to try to convince you otherwise, if you were just going to say, you know, hands on the keyboard. So. <laughs> Sorry, should I have been difficult and you could have like done no, this whole thing? <laughs> I just, you know, I just wanted to make sure that you were giving yourself credit for all of the things that you do because you own your own publishing company. Um, it's pr- probably pretty easy to, to, um, maybe not label all of the creative things that you, that you do. Mm-hmm. And when I say creative, I'm not talking about like graphics and things like that. I'm talking about like on your actual projects that you put out there into the world. Yeah. And, and that to me would encompass the editing, the revisions, the, mm-hmm. um, uh, the research, the read throughs, all yeah. of that stuff that yeah. would all, I don't know if I would count research or not. So that's something I'll have to consider. I don't know. Well, it's any time that you are focusing solely on your one particular project. I think I would count that. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to think about that a little bit more. So see, now, this is something that I'm kind of, you know, this is brand new. So I'm developing this. Yeah, now, are there sub-themes uh, sub or whatever under the writing thing? Mm-hmm. Like it, the, the ingredients of that piece of pie, I yeah. think would be all of these, these other little things, but ultimately on your pie chart, it would be under one name. Yeah. And like, that would be cool in itself too, to take that, like, even if you put that all together, but also to know the amount of time for each of those things mm-hmm. for writing versus revising versus editing versus research, like how mm-hmm. much of the entire writing time goes to each. That's just an interesting little case study in itself. And I would imagine that's going to be different for every author because... And every project. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, think about historical fiction versus um, something that doesn't require as much research. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, you might not have as much research in like a contemporary romance, but that's set in in the the town that you live in, but your characters might have jobs that are different than yours or Mm -hmm. that, you know, they might have nuances about them that you're going to have to research Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to build their world. 
around those things. So you might not be wondering what kind of trees grow in a particular area in the 1800s, but you will be looking at other things um, that are just as valid. So I, you know, I think, I think that, yeah, I think it's, I think research is going to be necessary no matter what you're writing in because you can't encompass all aspects of all the people in your book. Right. And another thing to toss in here is world building, because if you're thinking about writing fantasy, yes, there is some research to that, depending on what type of fantasy and all that, there's definitely going to be research, but a bigger chunk instead of the research or in addition to is going to be that world building. So instead Mm -hmm. of looking up and learning about a tree, you are building and creating your own tree, like, you know, those kinds of things. So, yeah. Yes. I love that too. And in a project such as mine, um, so I'm doing a low fantasy story, but it is, I'm doing research on uh, the late 1800s Japan. But then whenever another part of the culture that I need to know is of 2005 American coastal town, because that there's my two time periods that are I lived in a coastal town. Oh, wait. Are you talking about Japan still? Or are no, you talking no, no, about no. in the U.S.? I'm, in the U.S., yeah. I lived in a coastal town, Gulf Coast, in, in 2005. 2005. So, um, so there's research to go into that. Now, I have not done that research yet because I've not gotten to that particular part of the book mm-hmm. just yet. I'm the kind of person I have to do the research as I go along. I can't just gather all of the knowledge and then hold on to it and then pop out a book uh, because I will never get out of the gather all of the knowledge stage. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so there are literally brackets in my, in my work in progress right now. That's like, look up this. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, um, and, and really cool stuff too. Like mm-hmm. things that I never, um, that, that I would not have known to look up at the beginning of the project have come up um, as I have been writing. Like, that's what I mean. <laughs> so, yeah. But all of that, I feel as if that takes up creative time, but it's valid. Everything is valid. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So that so, has nothing to do with our topic. <laughs> I know, but it's just, you know, that's one of those little sidebars that we had. Boop. Sidebar, Easterling sidebar, remember? It's very good. <laughs> so what about you? Tell us about your creative week. Um, I have been writing a lot, actually, and I've also been healing, so that's been good, too. Um, I am, I've gotten closer. I'm so close to the end of this chapter, and then uh, I will need to go back and begin the revision on this chapter because I have a deadline. Deadlines, ladies and gents. Um <laughs> And it's not an internal deadline. It's an external deadline, which um, is, is much better for me. That's what I have decided. <laughs> but I have to present my chapter to the writing retreat group. We've already gotten together and everything. So I have to present my chapter to the writing retreat group on August the 2nd. And then I have to turn it in to the writing retreat hosts on August the 15th. Wow. So actually, by the time you guys hear this, I will have already presented virtually to the writing critique group so oh that's so exciting yeah so I'll have a very short amount of time to revise from their critiques but it will be all worth it I'm very excited I love what I'm getting so far and I love that I'm having like revision ideas too um as I'm doing this it's been really hard not to go back but this little doodad has been super handy and friendly 
this is a Neo 2, an Alpha Smart Neo 2, and you can get them for pretty cheap uh, online. They're not new. They are, they are discontinued. But it only gives you like four or five lines of text, and it's only a word processor. And I thought... I mean, I was just going with the fad because other people were doing it. And I did not realize how distracted I was with an entire page sitting in front of me because I would go back up and I would edit and I would just like, like my, my whole brain was going all over the place, but I actually do, um, get words on that. And it's also very difficult to like, you have to do, 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 if you want to go edit something. And I'm like, nope, not doing it. So I'll put some things in brackets. Uh, if you want to go on my Instagram page, you'll see how it actually uploads to the computer. It's so soothing and like cathartic. It does it like one letter at a time. You open up your word processor and then it, you know, I've, I've written thousands of words and it'll just, it'll probably take 10 minutes to download. And you're looking at each letter just pop up all at the time. And I'm like, I did those. I made those. Oh. <laughs> So it's been a really cool tool to have. I really have been enjoying it in a way that I didn't think that I would. I thought it was kind of like a, a hoax. And I was like, I'll try anything, you know. And um, <laughs> But been super pleasantly surprised with that. So I've been writing a lot. I have been documenting this project because I started off as a new project. I've been documenting that. So you got that already in your inbox for our QWERTY uh, newsletter subscribers. <laughs> I also was able to put together an Excel sheet for how I kind of get to my story summary. And that was also in the newsletter. So if you guys have not signed up for the newsletter, you please do so because uh, we give out a lot of really cool stuff there. And if you are interested in getting that Excel sheet, you can email us or respond to your, your next newsletter. We give them out monthly. And we'll have links for all of these things in the show notes and also the link to subscribe to our newsletter is in the show notes too. So um, you'll have easy access to all of those things. Perfect. So now I think it's almost time to get into our topic, which I cannot wait to share with you guys what we've been working on. And we are going to let you guys know the first project that we have picked to work on. So you got to stick with us to the end, but I cannot <laughs> wait to let you guys know. Well, I think it's really interesting. I know I love these things where you can kind of follow somebody's thought process and decision making because I am not an excellent decision maker sometimes. So if I can see an example of how um, other people are doing it, then that makes me feel more confident sometimes. So here, here we go. We're going to walk you through the steps, our thought processes, and also our observations to the projects that we're choosing. So the first thing that we had to do was we had to revisit our QWERTY fundamental standard and make sure that it still held true for us. We decided to update it some in light of all the research that we have done, all of the fine-tuning we've been doing on fundamental standards, because if you guys remember, that's kind of a big topic for us. Um, we're now also five years into this journey together with QWERTY. So we're not exactly the same creatives individually or together as when we started. So that was kind of a big thing. Yeah, I was actually surprised at how, I mean, it's just like minute changes. It's not like big, we're not like 
making really huge core changes or anything like that. But there were some nuances in there that I was surprised to see Mm -hmm. from 2016 to now. And, uh, and, and I'm glad to see those because I feel like if there weren't, if there wasn't anything to change, then maybe we weren't growing the way that we needed to grow. Or maybe we had just a really good statement to begin with. (laughs) Well, and I think it was good. And I think that, you know, that was kind of the encouraging thing to see it. And even with the changes that we did make, um, like you said, they weren't super huge. So we had a great foundation already. So we did a good job back then. It was just a matter of we needed to update it. And it was all positive things. We learned things about each other. I think it was a good conversation too, honestly, for the two of us just to kind of go through it and, you know, think through all the things that we look at differently and, and how we approach things maybe a little bit differently. And yeah, it was really, really cool. So basically we just, we had the statement. We just had to tweak it with our deeper understanding of fundamental standards themselves because when we first set that up, we weren't even calling it a fundamental standard. Like this is, this is all new stuff since then, you know? So even though we had it, we didn't have the term for one thing and so many other things. And so also, um, you know, we have changed as individuals, like I said, and as a collaborative team. So, yeah. And I think, too, that whenever we came up with the first statement, we weren't really considering particular questions. And this time we put in some of Joy's journalism background. And so we answered the questions in our statement, which is more than one sentence, by the way. I think I feel like I feel like I need to say that because there are people who are going to be following the rules here and they're going to be like, I have one statement. I only get one sentence. Like, (laughs) And that was actually a question I asked Joy. I was like, can this be more than one sentence? <laughs> so um, so if there's anybody else like me, I just want to let you know, it's okay. You can have more than one sentence because Joy said so. And <laughs> Oh, my goodness. We're coming down to what Joy says now. That's scary. <laughs> but the but that was that a big was, thing. Yeah, that was, was a big I thing mean, for us thing. to figure out. Yeah, because when you think about it, like, you do tend to think uh, – Fundamental standard, you think of it in terms of one sentence, and that's not necessarily true. Yeah, and when I hear statement, I think a statement sentence, like, you know, uh, describing a type of sentence. But uh, but it's actually more of, more of a statement in that, you know, I am stating this about me or about this thing or you know it's not just a one sentence thing if you if you look at it like that but I automatically go to like grammar and I think a statement is a one sentence situation so the questions that we used from Joy's journalism background is uh who what when where how, why, and so what so if you're looking to put together a statement uh for yourself then those are really good places to start. Yeah, and I feel like maybe at some point we can do like a an episode that goes in a little deeper with that. Um, we did talk about and introduce you guys to Fundamental Standards last season. If you wanted to go back, it was season three, episode 17. Um, it was called Fundamental Standards for Creatives. 
Um, mm -hmm. So if you go back and look, you can kind of listen to that. And we basically just gave you a definition, you know, what are these things anyway, uh, and told you a little bit about how we came up with ours individually. At that point, we were talking about our individual personal author fundamental standards, not necessarily our collaborative QWERTY ones, um, and then gave you guys a few examples of how to use them in a creative uh, atmosphere, creative business. So. Yeah, I will say that those questions that we just went over briefly was not in that episode, so that's new information. And there is another bit of new information that Joy and I really considered as we were reevaluating our, our statement uh, was our audience. So the statement that we were reviewing, we knew that our audience was Joy and me. So you won't find this on our website. You won't find this in some sort of QWERTY book or anything like that. Um, it is, it's not for outside audiences. It is joy in me just making sure that we know exactly who we are collaboratively and really um, honing into that. Now, um, I think that this would be a great place to start for an, odd, an outside audience if you wanted to uh, tweak your standard statement to be something that you can use outside. Um, but for this particular statement, it will be housed here in our Google Drive and also in our business plan. And we will continue to use it um, for personal decisions or, you know, the, the quiet professional decisions. Right. And also, this is what we, I mean, this is what we used to choose our project. So this is where we're coming back to each time we pick the next project. So, Yeah, exactly. And that's why we had to tweak it because we knew that we could have a list of projects and we could go off of our emotions, but really we needed to have that, that mix of, um, of feeling and thought. Uh, I don't know if that's the right way of saying it, but... <laughs> The logos and the mythos. The logos and the mythos. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> I chose but, such a good press name anyway. Yes, but that is, that's the truth. Like we want to feel the things, but we also want to make sure that they are the right decisions and that we can back up that decisions. Because here's the thing. If something falls through and it doesn't turn out the way that we wanted it to, then we can go back and be like, you know what? We held true to who we were. And yes, this didn't work out, but we're not less of an entity because of it, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah, that's good. I like the way you said that. <laughs> Wonderful. So that is our standard. And we edited it and tweaked it and spent a large amount of time on it. I actually was kind of surprised on how much time it took. Yeah. But once we were able to do that, we can move into the next thing, the next phase of this decision-making process. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's when we were able to consider our potential project list. So we had previously started putting this together. And what we did was we just kind of started in, the, in our Google Doc, you know, and we each added to it separately. So whenever we had time individually, we'd come in and add project ideas, things that we've talked about for years. Honestly, most of them were. Um, and then we thankfully could remember things that the other couldn't. And so we'd add in and, and whatever. Um, and then as we had our work sessions and we started talking about these things, even as we were talking about our fundamental standard, as we were working through that, um, it reminded us of things. Oh, we wanted to do this. Oh, we mentioned this. Oh, this would be a great idea to go along with. 
X, Y, and Z. Okay, so we kind of added to it as we went. Yes, and that was probably the most fun to remember things that we had dreamed of long time ago and to actually put it on a list. I think we ended up with like 14 things and about three of those things we remembered as we were walking through each one of the projects on the list. So that was pretty interesting too. <laughs> so, <laughs> we don't remember everything, but uh, it's stored somewhere in our noggins and, and it all came out <laughs> and hopefully that uh, we have a really good compilation list. So once we felt good about the compilation list, then we had another workshop where we evaluated each project. Mm -hmm. And so to do that, we first kind of came up with a list of how are we going, how are we going to evaluate these projects? Like, what do we need to be looking at? So um, we kind of had like five things basically that we went through. And I will say that Sometimes it goes in this order. Sometimes we kind of went back and forth. Sometimes we would go through a, a, a method of evaluation and then we'd come back and do it again a little bit later um, mm -hmm. in a little different way. So, yeah, I think yeah. that this list, we actually were able to um, pick apart these five things because we went through that list and we started thinking about the things that were going to be important for us to, to evaluate. So um, about halfway through, through the list, I would say maybe a little bit before then we really had a good handle on our five, um, the five things that we wanted to, to make sure that we knew before we did considered a project. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think that this is something too, for you guys to kind of take away from this is what our five things are that we evaluate each pro each project with yours might look different, you know, and it might take you some time to come up with these things for yourself. So, yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, with different mediums, some people are working individually and not collaboratively. Mm -hmm. Um, so you just really have to take into consideration your personal situation and, and label your things. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so here are our five things that we found were important to us. And if this is a good starting place for you, you're welcome to them, have them. They're yours. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the first thing that we did was to eliminate some projects that we knew we weren't ready for right now. And that was pretty easy to tell. Like there are some big dreams on that list. And if it's not something that we could, um, that we could really envision ourselves finishing this year or, you know, or this next season, then, uh, then we didn't even consider it. We just kind of put a, put an asterisk by it for later. Yeah, which I do think is important because especially if you have a list like ours, which I went back, I scrolled back up and I looked and we had 15. So you were so close, 15 oh. things. So yeah, like, I mean, that can be overwhelming, honestly. And mm -hmm. some people aren't list people and some people are. It doesn't, you know, everybody's different with that, but that can be overwhelming. So to be able to immediately just cross off a few things and not even worry about them right in that moment, I think that that can be helpful. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. It really was overwhelming for me to see all of the, the things that we had not accomplished. I mean, there were so many things that we've got way more than 50 things that we have accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but I was looking at that list. and I was like, really, there's that many. <laughs> but, but you're right. Like, I think it was good that we did that at the beginning, because it made that list more manageable. Mm hmm. Mentally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and emotionally. <laughs> yes, and emotionally. 
the second thing that we evaluated was the level of completedness um, for these projects. Some of them we had already done some work on, and that was pretty cool to see too. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the logic of order of the projects. Is it logically important for us to finish one project before we invest in another project? And that's really what this is, is an investment of time and effort. Um, and so we just want to make sure that we're putting our investments in the right place. So, um, and we'll return to that later as well. Whenever we reevaluate and get some other things, once this project is done, we'll do the same thing, pick out the next one. Yeah. Yeah. So the next thing that we looked at was time involvement, which is, you know, kind of goes along with this, but how much time realistically is this particular project going to take? You know, how many hours in our week is this going to require of us? And uh, in order to do that, we kind of had to do a preliminary to-do list, just the things that we knew that we were going to have to research. The yeah, steps like, that would come into it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and some of them, there were, it was a bit longer than others. And I think that was probably one of the reasons, one of the main reasons why we picked at least one of the projects that we wanted to focus on. Yeah. Spoiler, we picked two. <laughs> well, yes, but we have like the one that we're like diving headlong okay. into first. Exactly. So. so I think that this is impor- uh, important to talk about too, because as you're going through these, you're going to see like, oh my gosh, they all feel like priority. Um, but as you are going through these, I encourage you to like maybe look at three different columns lists. So you've got the one to work on right now, you've got your next in line, and then you've got the rest of them. So I think that putting them there and maybe putting something that feels like a priority right now, but you know that there are some other things that you should focus on, then putting them in that up next list really does, well, it lets you know that you've already thought about this. Mm-hmm. And then like emotionally or maybe mindset wise, I don't know exactly which one, but it's like, I um, promise to do this thing that is important to me and it's on my next list. But uh, time involvement, we definitely needed to make sure that if we picked a project, we would be able to invest the time needed in that project. Our fourth thing, because I think that these really go together very well, is the season of life, you know, and for us, because we're a team, that means our individual seasons of life, which then kind of frames our collaborative season of life, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, what's going on in our personal lives and all of that affects how, what we can do as a team, you know, Mm -hmm. it all goes together, but it all has to be considered and I do think it's important to recognize that you have to reevaluate often. Um, and every person, you know, that looks a little different. You know, some people have to kind of reevaluate these kinds of things every month. Sometimes it's quarterly, sometimes it's yearly, you know, or sometimes it can be a little bit more time in between. Just depends on you. It depends on, you know, all of those things. But these are definitely things to put as a high priority in order to evaluate what project to work on. Yes. Yeah. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> and though this is listed as fifth, it is not necessarily the least important. And um, so 
all of these things I feel like have equal importance, if, if that makes any sense. Yeah, uh, they really do. Prioritizing is also not my strength. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, we looked at each of these projects, and since we had edited our standard statement, we held those projects up to that statement, you know, metaphorically. And, <laughs> and we identified how, uh, if they held up to the statement and also, which I think is probably the most important in this particular um, point, um, how it held up mm-hmm. to the statement, because we can hold it up and we can be like, yes or no. But if we can't articulate the how, mm-hmm. then it will be easy for us to just kind of fall back on the yes or no. But um, because we're two individuals making up a collaborative effort, my yes might differ from Joy's yes. So we need to be on the same page. But also once you've articulated something, there's more power to it. Mm-hmm. Yes, so true. And I think saying, you know, it's easier to say yes to things that you really shouldn't say yes to if you're just saying yes or no. If you're actually having to evaluate it on a deeper level and say, okay, yes, because this lines up with this particular part of my standard, this furthers that, this whatever, like Mm -hmm. get specific with it, um, you're going to have less of a chance of saying yes when you don't need to. And no when you don't need to, because honestly, that can happen too, because sometimes quite honestly, some projects are going to be more challenging than others. And sometimes we might have a tendency to say no, just because we're feeling a little lazy, when maybe that's the thing that we need to be saying yes to in this particular season. So I think it can go both ways. Yeah. And if you're saying yes to the sm- a large number of small things that you don't need to be saying yes to, then the project that you're saying no to that might take more effort, it might even equal out. Like if you were to swap those things and, and really evaluate on your standard statement, is this, are these little yeses things that I need to be doing? I'm only saying yes because they're little and they feel like they'll take enough, you know, take up small amounts of time. And then I'm saying no to this one because it's, it's intimidating. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Ooh, I feel like we are just preaching to me. Oh, Ooh, do we need to have a discussion? I know. I think I need to have a come to Jesus, y'all. We need to have a call for the altar. Oh, anyway. No, I love it. We've been in this for so many years. I love that we're still learning things about it. And and that's just a part of life. Um, Speaking of life, this is not just for your creative endeavors, my friend. I personally feel convicted about this. (laughs) Um, in my personal life. So there are a lot of things that I say no to, and I'm wondering if I'm just saying no because they're hard. So Mm -hmm. I will think and love and pray on that after we finish recording this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So So we're both having some come to Jesus moments. (laughs) Look at there. Look at there. (laughs) Oh, goodness. All right. So once we did all of that, um, going through those evaluations, you know, sometimes going back and forth, asking things a few different times, we narrowed our list down to four potential right now projects. And we ran through our evaluation again and made skeleton to-do lists for each. So we talked a little bit about that. Um, We made decisions. Oh, this was a big thing. So 
we made decisions, and this was May's idea, and it was a great one. So definitely, what did I do? Give you what did kudos. I say? <laughs> you, you said, "Let's." Uh, do you have your number one in mind? Oh, yeah, or top two? I think we said have two. Top two, yeah. And so we just kind of decided in our minds, you know, what is it that we think would be the top two? And then once we had them in mind, then we spoke them out loud. And I think that that was very helpful to have our individual and see how they came together and make sure that we weren't just once again doing that whole yes or no just because the other person said that. You know, I think that that can be a tendency for us to do, to just agree or to disagree. Um, So once we agreed on the one we thought it was, we began to work through the to-do list and do some preliminary research to make sure the project was viable. And actually, I think we did this when we still had the two. We were kind of making that list a little bit more detailed and actually considering, is this really possible right now? and reevaluating it all once again. So rinse and repeat. <laughs> yeah. So we did come together with that uh, preliminary research like to-do list. And I think that that's one of the brilliant things that we've done at the end of all of these work sessions is that we have made a to-do list for the next work session. And so after we like say hi and we catch up on everything, then we, we know where we're going to next. And it's been a really good for me as for focusing mm-hmm. on exactly what needs to happen, exactly what needs to do, uh, exactly what we need to do. So um, yeah, I think that was probably one of the the smart decisions that we made in this. And then also we were working on some of the research um, before we meet again. And so we have both done some some preliminary research. And the next time that we meet, we will discuss this, that preliminary research and see what we want to do next from there. Yeah. So since we're working on a project together, you know, that's important to figure out how we're divvying things up. And if there's things that we need to do in between the work sessions, you know, we're kind of to the point now, now that we're actually beginning on the project, that's going to be more of a thing. So you kind of have the dual to-do list going on where, you know, this is what we're doing in between. And then when we get back together, this will be what we do together, you know, so super important to keep up with it, you know, is a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we did. Mm-hmm. So now let's talk about some observations on our process. And we've done that a little bit, but there are a few things that we have not covered yet. So let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we've already talked about the to-dos. Like that really was huge. And just a little tidbit that it took me a while to figure this out. So I don't know if y'all use Google Docs, but they have changed recently. Some changes are not for the best. <laughs> Others, though, let's let's just be positive. They now have this little checklist option. So it's the same, it's right by where you have the um, the little bullet points or the numbered bullet points, you know, now they have a checkbox option, which was super helpful because we would have these to-do lists and it's like, well, I don't know where you, they don't have the strike through thing anymore. So you can't strike through something. So then I was just deleting them. And then I realized I wish I hadn't done that because I would like to have seen what we accomplished in each of these sessions. I mean, we we have like notes, but, you know, it would just be nice to have that little list. Well, it's really helpful for me to have either a strike through or to keep the list because uh, there are 60 different things going on and they don't they're not all about the same things. And so whenever I'm able to do QWERTY stuff and to come back and say, okay, that's scratched out. But I remember doing that and Mm -hmm. I remember that it existed like. Yeah. 
Plus, you just have that sense of accomplishment. Like, Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. huge. So, well done with the checkbox. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to have that now. The next observation on our process that I thought was really good is that we made sure to set and schedule like in our calendars the next session before we ended the session that we are currently in. Uh, That to me is really important because if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't really exist. Mm -hmm. So, um, So having that, like keeping that a priority has been really, really good. And that's one definite way that uh, it has become and stayed a priority. Yeah. Cause I think it was after the first work session, we ended with like, okay, well we'll get together next week. And then my week went insane and I kept like, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to message her now. And then, you know, 50 things later, I'm like, I'm going to message her now, 50 more things. So in other words, like I realized, oh, that's not that, that, yeah, we needed to schedule this at the end of the last session. So we didn't make that mistake again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you can schedule that beforehand, especially if you're working with collaborative now. Okay. I know that we're working collaboratively, but it can be really good for an individual to uh, to go ahead and put on the schedule on the calendar when their next work session is going to be as well, because that keeps your creativity a priority on your calendar and in your mind, and you are more likely to actually honor that appointment if it is written down somewhere, articulated out in the world on your calendar, you get a notification, all of those things. So. Just to give you a real world example of this, I've had five times on my planner where I wrote that I was going to work on writing. Two of those times I set times, like start time, end time, and told my family. Those are the two writing sessions that actually happened. The other three did not. So look at there. Real world, real life. It, mm. It's it's a real thing. Right. Yeah. For sure. The final big observation that I really took away from our process was I started noticing, like, as we were going through our work sessions together, we do a really good job of checking in with each other and restating things to make sure that we're on the same page. And so I I observed this, I noticed this, and I, I made a quick little note to say that because I don't know if it's something that we necessarily consciously tried to do or tried to do more of. I don't know that I did anyway. Um, But just over these five years of us working together on things, we've learned the importance of saying things again, even when we think that we're 100% on the same page, we'll still restate things just to make sure. Because there have been times, you know, I'll I'll think that I'm 100% on the same page with my husband. I mean, you know, this goes into, you know, your personal life as well. Like, it sure does. <laughs> I mean, there's no, like, there's no thought in my mind that there's any, that we're communicating different things. So, and then we end up with a whole big kerfuffle. The less number of miscommunications that you can have, the, I don't know, the better, the better that yeah. our day goes. So <laughs> exactly. So yeah, just Not getting into yet, it. Yeah. <laughs> None of us are, but you know, mm-hmm. just consciously repeating things, even when you don't think that there's a communication issue, like just saying something over. Um, yeah. And it just, it made a huge difference. I think that it helped us work through our sessions better. Right. Right. And I have one last one that is not on the list. (laughs) Yay. I was hoping you would. 
Yeah, it actually comes from the whole communication thing. I think one of the reasons why uh, we're really particular about restating and making sure that we're on the same page is because we respect each other a lot. And uh, so even if you are working individually, I think being clear on your thoughts and taking the time to articulate and communicate with yourself (laughs) in a way um, just shows yourself some respect. And if you're working collaboratively, then saying it out loud shows your partner your respect as well. Yeah. It's a lot easier uh, having a partner in this place for me. Um, and I am learning that uh, kindness to oneself and respect of oneself and, and self-love and all of that jazz um, can be, you know, there's there are fruits of that. And I think that taking the time to be clear on and and honoring your time and all of that stuff kind of falls into that category. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And that I love how you said that this, this is important for the individual thing as well, because I have a bad habit of not articulating, like you said, what it is that I'm working through, articulating my process, like thinking through, okay, I did this, this, and this, why did I do those things? Um, When I take the time to journal and journal those specific things, it makes a huge difference for a multitude of reasons. There are things that I can go back to, um, to remind me of how the process went. Um, I learn from, I, I can relearn these things, you know, instead of having to learn the lesson again, the hard way, I have it there and it's just a reminder instead of a relearning, if that makes sense. Um, also to be able to share with other creatives that process, you know, because not that necessarily my process should be their process, but we learn from how other people do things, you know, it gives us an example and then it helps us figure out our process. Absolutely. And there's comfort in numbers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So now I think it's time to (laughs) share. Our project. Yes, absolutely. So the one that we decided to focus on first is a companion workbook for the first publication in our author resource series called Finders Keepers, A Practical Approach to Find and Keep Your Writing Critique Partner. So we will have a book and now very soon we will have a workbook, but we have specific things that we want to do with it. So we're going to have to do research and all of that stuff with it as well. But I'm super excited about this. I think that it calls for a workbook. There are tons of challenges and practical exercises and things inside of the book. And to give you a space that is dedicated to those exercises and challenges, um, I just feel like it's going to be a really great uh, piece to go along with our with our book. So. Yeah. And it really speaks to our practical nature. Like, you know, we want things that we do to be practical and helpful. And what's more practical and helpful than a workbook? That's right. And if you're anything like, uh, like me, you've got journals and notebooks and stuff like that all over the place. And I can't remember what notebook I worked through this particular workshop, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But to have something that has the finders keepers cover on it and you can link it together, it'll be easy to find. It'll be um, all of the challenges and stuff will be in there and it'll just be so cohesive and 
clear and I, I love clarity. <laughs> yes. Clarity is a great thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So our next episode will be us actually sharing how we're working through this particular project, like the steps right. that we're taking and the things that we're doing, which we are already in the process of. So as you guys, um, as we're recording this, we've already begun this process. So we mm-hmm. are steadily working on these things. And we're also going to share the runner up project. So the next in line after our Founders Keepers workbook is going to be. <laughs> oh, I get to say this one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yay. Accordion merch store. Yay. So exciting. <laughs> this is something we talked about forever. And so I think it would be awesome to hear from you guys. Like, what would you like to see? Like, what kind of merch, what kind of items do you like to see in stores like this? What are you interested in? You know, we're thinking some little sayings on things or, I don't know, we have all sorts of ideas. And, of course, our adorable QWERTY logo. So email us if you have any uh, any suggestions for that. And so for our QWERTY challenge, shall we? Ooh, yes. For our QWERTY challenge, we were wondering if you have a standard statement. And if you do, have you looked at it lately? <laughs> and, and does it still ring true with who you are as a creative? If you're working collaboratively with someone, I think that the, the challenge is still the same. You guys look together at that standard statement and see if it still embodies everything that you are as a collective. <laughs> Another thing that you could do as well is that all of those beautiful, shiny ideas that you have for yourself as a creative, if you could maybe put them down all in one spot. Maybe you don't evaluate them just yet if you're already working on something. But if you're at a stopping place, maybe try some of the tips that we have shared with you and observations that we've shared with you today as we were working through ours. It might be a good place to start. Yeah. Definitely. And we'd love to hear about it. Anytime you have something you want to share, you can reach out to us at QWERTYWritingLife at (laughs) gmail.com or find our website, (laughs) QWERTYWritingLife.com. Yes. So have a great week. And go make something. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this episode encouraged you. Like all creatives, we thrive on consumer recommendations. So please consider leaving us a review and sharing our podcast with your creative friends. If you'd like to continue this conversation, visit us on our website at QWERTYWritingLife.com or on Instagram at QWERTYWritingLife.